Marketing Made Easy, the podcast on this episode. If you've got a program, can you bring somebody else in? Like, what can you take off your plate? What can you ditch, delegate or outsource? And also, what what actually is fun? Now, here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, you are listening to Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. I'm Anita Baldwin and this is Anna Geary. Hi, Anna. Hello, are you okay? Yes, good. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you very much. And this podcast is all about helping you run your small business and giving you some hints and tips that will get you to the next level if that's where you want to go or make things easier for you or kind of demystify marketing and sales and success and all that kind of thing. Um, And then today we are interviewing somebody called Ruth Kudsey and she's a business coach. Um, The problem, I think the problem with business coaches is there's so many out there and you don't need anything to call yourself a business coach. Um, So, so many people are doing it who have never actually run a successful business, um, you know, got to like six figures or, or what have you know all the processes maybe they've read a book on it maybe they just think oh I think you know that'll be a nice job or I don't know yeah don't that have... whole like oh it's uh, that can be my job well not really because you're helping other people you know make a success of their business you need to have done a bit of that yeah I mean I don't necessarily think you need to have an accreditation I think you can do things without a certificate in it if you've got experience and what I liked about when we talked to Ruth is that she did talk about the benefit of experience so you kind of you know it's kind of a one-up for the middle-aged person like ourselves that you can get all that experience and then you can go and help other people do it um so yeah I kind of liked that we talked about that she also talked about um some tips on how to pick a coach because you do, if in business, I think, you know, in sport, if you want to get to whatever level of excellence, everybody has a coach, don't they? And it's not even, um, it's not a thing to not do it. Whereas in business, it's almost seen as a weakness. I can't do it on my own. I need a coach. Um, you know, it's a sign that I'm embarrassed that I've got a coach. Um, and I just think that needs to change really. And that if you want to have somebody help you look at your business with a fresh perspective and like you know hold your toes to the fire of where you want to do where you want to get to then you need a coach to do it but picking one is a bit of a challenge isn't it I so- need different coaches for different things as well don't you because one coach might be great in one area but then they don't their values are you know one thing and actually you need somebody to push you in another area like Davina had one for her abs and one for her legs did she what yeah Davina who McCall yeah I mean that's nothing to do with being a business coach but it's an interesting fact nonetheless like when I um when I was pregnant with my first child and I just had this fantastic midwife who said I don't know why all these women want to give birth naturally you know you wouldn't have a tooth out without an anaesthetic would you so why do people think they're going to give birth without any kind of pain relief and I went yeah that's it I'm having everything um and just wise words from someone who knows and that's what having a business coach is isn't it I just had gas and air that was rubbish I love that stuff anyway we digress so this was a great interview with Ruth and uh, let's get into it if you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy the podcast from Get Savvy Club use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe I'm Ruth Kudsey I've been in well in these businesses for about five years so I've got two businesses I own a training business called Kudsey Coach Academy where we train people to become ICF accredited coaches and we also have a membership there as well called The Coaching Hub And then I also own a coaching business where I'm a business and mindset coach, really for kind of more established entrepreneurs, either one-to-one or in my mastermind or retreats. So for people whose business looks like what and they want to get to where? So for my one-to-one coaching, generally I'm with people, people who are already making about 5K a month who want to scale. So 5K a month and up. 
And then my mastermind is for people who want to make 10K, who are already making about 10K a month and really want to scale, look at their systems, become the CEO, be more strategic. Um, their business is, is like, it's about team. It's about leadership. It's about being a CEO. What got you here? Everyone says this, doesn't it? What got you here won't get you there. And I definitely, like I was mid six figures for probably two to three years. And I, I found that I was kind of doing the same things, knowing that the same things weren't going to cut it, but also thinking about, okay, well, what could I do differently? And I think there was a lot of fear. There's a lot of fear about hmm. moving where you are to the next level, especially if you're already successful, because you have to let go of things. And for yeah. me, in my business, and actually for, for nearly all of my clients, you have to let go of a bit of control. And yeah. when you have your own business, many of us, although some of us would like pretend that we're really relaxed about it, we're not relaxed. It's always much nicer, obviously, to be thinking about what to do rather than actually do the doing of it um, and being on the strategic side. But that means you've got to recruit people to do the doing. Like you say, it's hard to give up control. Um, you know, so what is the key to doing that? So being really specific about what you want them to do actually today we just we just we didn't hire she started a new operations manager we're like okay we want you to do this this and this and we want you to you know improve our processes and manage it and do all of this stuff but equally we want you to look at what else we could do differently so she's got a remit she knows what mm -hmm. we expect um, you know, and I think because definitely over the last five years, I have struggled with team because I used to be a deputy head teacher. And before that, I used to work in recruitment. When I was a deputy head, we used to say recruit for values and you can teach the skills. But they yeah. were already teachers. And yeah. I recruited for values in my job, like in my business. So I recruited for values, someone who had a really good values fit. But they had none of the skills. And so I actually think like when it's your own business, you don't have loads and loads of time to teach people. So actually, part of it is recruiting for people who've got the skill set, the skill set that you need now. And then longer term, you're thinking about, okay, if I can get this person who's got a really, is a really good values match for the business, then I can develop them. But you kind of have to balance that because you don't want to recruit like a tech VA who doesn't actually know how to do landing pages yeah. because then you're going to spend your time teaching them or badly teaching them. So there's a yeah. book by Michael Hayek called Who Not How. It basically says like, think about in your business or think about in your life who you can ask, not how you can do it. That's really good advice. I like what you say about giving them a remit and that can include things like making process improvements because the thing that puts me off managing staff really is having to go down to that granular level which I never want to do and I don't want to go right here's all the tasks and I'll you know I don't want to be like you know going what, what have you done with that one and what's happening and I just want to kind of give a wider have a bit of initiative and tell me what you think is better we have to also say like these are the non-negotiables these are the things that you at the start yes but we want your input because there's nothing worse than people that just need directing at something and then go and they don't they're so narrow they don't see everything around it you said you were stuck at a, a, a good level mid mid six yeah. figure level for a long long while how did you break that cycle I know this is like a really cliche thing but it was mindset in that so what was what I was finding is I'd be going up and I'd have like a massive month and then I would retreat and I, and I was kind of doing this over a few years and I guess like 
there was part of me that didn't believe that I could go any higher. And there was part of me that, that also, it was whenever I went, I had a month in sales. It was over my last salary. So, mm-hmm. and then I was like, okay, I can start to see a pattern. And I think from that, I start, I then did like last year, I did loads and loads of work on myself. I did like loads of energy work. I became a qualified energy coach as well. Um, and was just really open to stuff that I hadn't been before. And I also think like having that space where to be a bit bored actually last year and I, I started to realize like what I had to do and what I didn't have to do. And I started to get much clearer on my boundaries. And that made a huge difference because before then I was like a massive people pleaser as well. So I just say yes to loads of things. My diary would be really full. And then come well, a year ago, my diary was minimized because I then had at that point a three and a five year old at home with me. And oh. that meant I had to get better at doing stuff. And it also meant that I had to hire more people. And what I found since December, we've hired three new staff members. And each time we hire, it gives me so much more time. It gives me more time to focus on what I'm good at rather than doing things for the sake of it. Because, you know, you you say to yourself, oh, it's only going to take me 10 minutes. It's only going to take me 10 minutes. What you don't realize when you're doing that is you're spending two hours a day probably doing all these little bits. If you Mm. actually had that space to think and be strategic and plan, or if you had those two hours and you had a coaching client that's paying you the money or you're developing a different course, you're going to be much more financially successful and actually probably a bit happier as well how did you go from being a deputy head to what you're doing now then that's quite a big leap isn't it yeah so I was so I was deputy head and assistant head so in 2011 I did a fast track leadership program for high potential future head teachers it was called future leaders Mm. um it's now called ambition I'm not sure if it's still staying so I was selected to do that and we went up to Nottingham. We spent like six weeks doing training, loads of coaching, loads of leadership development. And actually, as soon as I got my coach, I was like, ah, yeah, I want to be doing this. And I'd done some coaching before. Like I'd done coaching, done a little bit of interview coaching and interview coach training when I'd worked in recruitment. Um, I've got a master's in psychology. And my first degree is in psychology and business. So I did know about coaching, but that was when I was really like, okay, I like this. I think I can do this. So I started doing a lot of coaching programs in the schools that I was working in. Um, I started doing some leadership coaching for that organization. I actually, when I was pregnant with my first daughter, I did the, I was a, I was a coach and a mentor on the, on the same program that I did for head teachers wow. and, and deputies. So I've been doing all this leadership stuff and I couldn't really see how I w- was going to go from where I was to outside, um, to doing it for myself, because I was doing like bits and bobs. I was coaching people here, there and everywhere. And then I had my first daughter, went back, literally, as soon as I went back to school, I was like, this is not going to work because of that, basically the hours. It's not going to work. I'm not going to be around her. And so I kind of made the decision I was going to leave, then found out I was pregnant again. And then five years ago, I got my first client and just I just started. I knew the business principles. Like I was I was a business studies teacher. I'd had little things in the past. I knew that. I knew like, you know, you have to have a product that people want and all of that kind of stuff. Didn't really know anything about social media because as a teacher, you are not on social media. 
you're told not you to. are not on social media because people, you do not want to be found it's no. like the opposite to what we are now you do not want to be found so that was you know my first clients were literally kept from emailing my friends I started a Facebook group I remember when I first started a Facebook group, I put all of my friends in there. And then when other people wanted to join, I got really freaked out. And I was like, okay, there has to be a different way. So I started working with a coach supervisor, a mentor, and I built it up when I was pregnant, when I had my second baby. While she was a baby, I was kind of learning about social media, um, learning about Facebook groups. And I think that's probably why I still like Facebook groups. So I found that that worked really, that really worked for me. Uh, I was just doing anything. I was going and speaking at events. I was, I just was like, okay, this is my ideal client. Where are they? How can I get in front of them? What can I do? And I was just like, right, I'm just, I'm really determined that I'm going to make this work because I don't want to go back to work. So that was my driver. That was the motivation. Yeah, I love it. We've interviewed quite a few people who were doing one thing, trundling along quite happily doing this, quite successful in a career. And just for whatever reason, either, you know, redundancy or a hard time at work or having a baby or, you know, midlife crisis, whatever. They've just gone, do you know what? I'm going to change everything and start fresh with something new and then have made a real success of it in the same way you have. And I think it's inspirational for a lot of people that you can do that. Teachers, we literally, for whatever reason, the Get Savvy Club attract them majorly. <laughs> like the amount of people that we've worked, it's almost like actually we should say, never mind, like um, that we help mostly women. It's like we help mostly teachers. We've like attracted and helped a whole ton of teachers. And like you say, they've been told, don't go on social media. Mm. You know, you don't want parents to find you. You don't want the kids to find you and whatever else. And now, like maybe they've started a property business or maybe they're, they're doing coaching or whatever. Now they've got to change their whole mindset. So it's just funny how you said that you, you know, you, you were in yeah. that space as well. But they can get through it, can't they? And they can get to where they're used to using social media. And it's not that hard, is it? Please <laughs> tell them that it's not. No, it's once, not. Once you get it's it. Not. It's yeah. about learning and testing yeah. and, yeah. Yeah, obviously working with people who know what they're doing makes a big yes. difference. So who yeah, would be and your if, ideal client now? That I'll talk about the training business and then they're pretty much the same person but different stages. So for the training business, we literally have two, two avatars or whatever. Somebody who is a professional who wants to retrain. So like you, they might have been made redundant. They might have just been having a bad time at work. They might have actually used COVID to reassess. So those we get a whole range we get teachers we get um quite a lot of people who are hr professionals marketing accountants engineers a whole range a boxer like a whole range of people mm. um so suppose you can't be a boxer forever can you <laughs> no he is still a boxer but i think he wants to do that as well so you oh. get professionals and then you also get people who've got existing businesses and they've maybe been in business for i would say between not to five years and they what they want to have a professional qualification because the coaching world is changing and they're more about looking to upskill because they want to a lot of them want to work with corporates or they just want to attract like a better better a higher value customer and so obviously having like a, a diploma really works so many people say they're a coach don't they it's an unprotected word like people get really upset by it but it's like a teacher like you don't actually have to be qualified to be a teacher obviously most people are and I think this is this is what I say like you know I wouldn't have gone and taught in a classroom without training because even when I had training it was still pretty terrifying um but it's the same <laughs> with coaching I think there was very much I mean when I came into the industry five years ago the narrative was you can be a coach and you just use your experience and they were doing like mindset coaching so it wasn't like they were you know 
I actually, I've got loads of marketing experience. And so therefore I can actually call myself a coach, but actually I'll just be a marketing mentor and I'll teach you and I'll train you. And that's great. And there's loads of people like that and they use coach for shorthand. But what I find more disturbing is people who are like, oh, well, I've, I've been through a really bad time in my life. So I can help others with no training and no experience. And you're like, yeah. you can't. Particularly if you're dealing with trauma. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't work with trauma like I'm trauma informed but I don't work with trauma like I don't have the expertise and I have other people that I would refer to but I think it's very interesting like the market is very interesting which is what I could kind of see when I developed the training training course and business because I saw I worked with so many people like I used to do a lot more in my coaching business I worked with lots and lots of new coaches and they were like first of all they had no support to grow their business and Second of all, they might have had some coaching skills, but it didn't have like a lot. And I, I knew that the bit that the the industry is maturing. Like if we compare ourselves to the US, we're about 10 years behind mm-hmm. and they are getting much more into accreditation. So it's really clear that this is happening. So it's like, okay, let's let's look at that opportunity. And then those same, a lot of the people who do my coach training, the established business owners, actually, a lot of my um one-to-one and mastermind clients will kind of fall into that bracket so they don't like I don't only work with qualified coaches you know some of my clients are they've been in business for like five ten years and they're they're experts at what they do so they might be a mentor strategist or they might work in PR or all of those kinds of things I guess because I've I've got an education background I attract a lot of people who are from yeah, who are from professional backgrounds. So like you guys, so probably probably the people that do my coach training are similar to the people that you work with. So similar, often our avatar is very uh, similar to ourselves, aren't they? Um, because that's how we talk and that's what resonates with people and we can really understand their pain points because we've been through it and come out the other side. Um, you know, so there's a reason for that, isn't there? Anna Geary here interrupting our podcast um, to shout out Trowdy Halliday who gave us a fantastic review so thank you so much for that we will be sending you the book that was recommended on that particular podcast by Lisa Wynn what did she say Anna what did she say about us? she said um, it was what she did was she did what you're supposed to do so if you're listening to this now just screenshot it and then put it on your social media and tag us in so that we know that you're doing it. Obviously, rate and review it on on Apple and all of that lot if you can. But if you can't do that, just screenshot it and share it on your socials. But she put, just listen to this excellent podcast, hashtag Get Savvy Club, chatting with Lisa Wynn whilst out on my rainy 5K run. Although technically she just said she'd listen. She didn't say she liked it. <laughs> no, she did. Then she puts me on Facebook as well, which, you know, she yeah. also said, like, it's worth, worth a listening, didn't she? So... Yeah, because you said to me, you messaged me. Anyway, let's get back into the podcast. So what would you say, like, if you were to say, okay, let's just give some tips to people out there running their own business who feel like it's stagnating and they want to take it to the next level, whether that's, you know, the 5K or the 10K months, what are the things that they need to look at in the short term? Get to know your numbers. Look at where your money's coming from and look at how much time you're spending each month on the things that you're actually earning money from. Look at where you're spending your time. So I see people who are like, oh, yeah, well, I'm on LinkedIn for 10 hours a week. Okay, how many leads leads do you get from LinkedIn? None. Okay, so what are you doing? I'm just commenting on other people, right? Are those people your ideal client? Like, what are you doing? Like, be intentional with what you do. So understand if you're on LinkedIn 
you know, let's let's just say for 10 hours a month and you're not getting any leads, you need to change something because it's it's not working. Like this is just like really honest. So actually look at your look at where you're spending your time and look at your results from that. Obviously, if you're in different sectors, like it may be that your lead time, so from when somebody starts working with someone first gets in touch with you to when they start working with you, it could be six months or a year, but you'll start to have conversations with people. Look at your numbers, look at where you're earning money, look at where you're spending your time. Does it all add up? Think about what you can get rid of. Think about what you need to focus on. And and do, like, look at the time you've got available and think about, okay, how can my business model actually help me to help me to scale? Like, if I'm only doing one to one, what else could I do? Or maybe it is that I get really clear on my one to one, I look at my prices, or I slightly reduce the amount of time that people get who work with me one to one. So that makes sense for me as well. Or maybe I look at creating like smaller products, like Shah always talks about pop-up products. Like we have one of those in our business and it's great. It's it's a really, it, it brings in a little bit of extra revenue. Or maybe it's like, okay, if you've got a program, can you bring somebody else in? Like, what can you take off your plate? What can you ditch, delegate or outsource? And also what what actually is fun? So mm-hmm. if you're if you're on every social media channel and you're going to all the networking events and you're feeling burnt out, you're probably not going to get any results. So it's not only about the money, it's also which of these is fun for you? Because if it's not fun, you're not going to continue doing it. It should be easy. I mean, of course, running your own business, there are bits you've got to do that like, you know, make your shoulders sag when it comes to that time. But I think you're so right. And it's something we didn't really concentrate on. That is not exciting. And mm. I get really freaked out by that because like it's, you know, it's really formal. It's like someone's future. So I've sent it to my accountant. When we started, we um, have had, you know, a team of people helping us, but we focused on people who were themselves self-employed and had a range of clients. So we were just kind of one of those clients. And then, you know, they might have time for you that day. It might take a bit longer. It gets difficult, doesn't it? And we've just kind of invested in a full, our first full-time person. And then we're looking for another half-time person and then, you know, a range of other consultants. So, but for us, you know, it's just, it's a big responsibility responsibility isn't it having somebody full-time thinking how am I going to fill their time how I'm going to make sure all of this is done and and all of that and it's quite a scary leap I think from having like the recruitment business and having all those staff that's when we set this up we definitely definitely knew that's not what I wanted you know like I'm happy to have a team but I don't want any more like 20 people responsible for 20 people and to be fair you when you um were in corporate Anita you had a team and you were a good manager I was a terrible because I never wanted to be I didn't have to be responsible for them legally and make sure pensions were done and think about all that side of stuff I just you know did the fun bit I was terrible because I'd only ever been like you must know this obviously being having a recruitment background I was just a biller I was just somebody that had my own world yeah. that I dominated and I literally literally didn't really get involved in the, yeah. of the team really and I definitely didn't want to be a manager because managers aren't less than the actual good consultants so that wasn't a <laughs> thing but then when you're a director of a business and you want to hire people all of a sudden you do have to obviously be getting involved in in all of that so yeah then I had to but I, I hold my hands up I was terrible at it because I just could, couldn't understand why people just weren't better that's not the best way of trying to like <laughs> in an appraisal why are, you, why are you just not better that's great motivation is it just right okay what i want you to take away from this is be better thanks bye you can yeah. write your own check-in recruitment do you know what i mean just turn up pick the phone up you know versus in the old school days just put more effort in you'll get more effort out and you can't even hit staff anymore and say just crack on with it 
Whereas they did uh, me when I very first started. Well, not physically hit, but yeah, they was they just shouted at us then and things. And obviously, the work, which is a good thing that the world has changed and you can't do that anymore. But what I was thinking when you were talking earlier is, um, you often get people say that they just want to make. 10k a month but not or whatever it may be for their business but they don't often sit and think about their products and services how much time it takes to deliver mm. each one of those and the cost of that isn't and if honestly they want to get 10k what like what does that look what does their business look like then what how much do they have how many products mm. and services do they need how much are they how many people do they need to serve you know and breaking all of that down and I think it's just very easy to say oh I want my business to make this much money but you know chunk it all up and then see reverse engineer it and see how is that going to work what does it need to look like you know to to get to get to that level when you can't just go i'll sell 100 of these things well how and what's the time parameters and how long will it take you to do it and i think so so many people set up a business and don't really all all different types of businesses as well and don't really think about they just think oh well once i've been in business for a certain amount of time that will just come because i'll build my client base up and it just will but if you look we help people and inevitably most people that we help one of the first things we're saying to them is like your pricing you need to up your price not everyone you know some people have got yeah. good pricing price but a lot of them it's like well if you your thing's only ever going to be this much money think about how how many how many of these you need to sell how many people you need to serve for you to hit your financial goal that you want to do and i think a lot of people don't really connect that up which is just uh, um insane but it's, a, it's yeah. a great thing to go and do they think 10k revenue is 10k mm income no that is i mean i've seen someone who said he's like oh i made seven figures last year i'm a millionaire and i'm like you're not (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe in italy old school if it was lira you might be if you converted it but you're not a millionaire Mm. you made seven figures in revenue you have to pay the tax man and if Mm. that includes vat the vat man the tax man if you've got employees you have to pay for them you've got to pay and you know when i say this to people they're like uh, you know, I, I've had people who's like, oh, yeah, I made 100% profit on that. And I'm like, but you didn't. No. And what's the saying? Like, turnover's vanity and profit is sanity. And it's amazing how people are still talking about turnover all the time, aren't they? Because turnover is a much more sexy figure. See, mm. I had to get that word in. Because the reality is, you know, and I, I actually think, like, income is what you want to look at but yes you want to make sure that your businesses are profitable and you want you know because then they're sustainable and that's long-term profitability not short-term long-term but you also like you want to be paying yourself and and the reason I'm saying this is because I, I I'm saying it to myself as well because I got I think I was about two and a half years into business and I realized that I was paying my assistant my assistant one month earned more than me Wow. And I was like, hmm, hmm that's interesting, right? On the bottom of the list. Yeah. What, why are you working like really hard to pay someone else more money than you when you're the person who generates the money? Mm, okay. And that was like the last time that happened. But I'm saying it to myself because I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just. And I was literally doing like the opposite of profit first. I was like, I'll just take the money at the end when it's left over. And then from that day, I paid myself a salary. The answer to that, though, is not to look at your costs and make sure you're spending a load less money. It's to just go out and earn more money so that you can pay these people and still pay yourself. Because too often people think, well, I won't have an assistant then because then I'll be able to, I'll do all the work without an assistant and then I'll have more money. And that's just not going to work, is it? They're not 
burn out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But Profit First is a brilliant book. Yeah, and I completely agree in terms of know your numbers. And if that's your weakness, recognize that as well. And it was for us, we when we started the Get Savvy Club, we didn't put a lot of effort into the, you know, money came in, money came out. We kind of went, oh, we've got some money, we'll just spend it. And no one really wanted to do it. And, you know, to your credit, Anna, you took it on because you obviously realised Well, only because I've been so bad with money over the years that actually I was like, you know what, actually this time let's do this properly, you know, like actually make it work. Because if you don't, you know, if you don't have an, if you're not focusing on it, then you're not going to make make the money, are you? If you're not, you know, being on the numbers and noticing what's going on. We've spent so much money on so much. Um, some things have worked, some things haven't. But it's about being a bit more strategic about it and thinking, actually, will it get the return? Is it useful to do? Um, but yeah, we're definitely more sort of the, let's, let's just try that. Let's go for that. But if you're in the kind of world we are, which you are as well, you've got to try all these other things to see what other people are doing, to see maybe there's a nugget you haven't you know, noticed. And you know, if you are a coach, then how can you advocate coaching and using someone who's an expert to get to the next level without doing that yourself and having the coach and, and all those kind of things? You know, They are a lot of money, but they're a fantastic investment as well. Even the ones that don't work out, you kind of learn stuff and move on, don't you? Yeah, when it doesn't work out, that's some of the best learning, I think. What are your tips then for picking a good coach? Because it's so important to do it. And so many people go, oh, okay, I'll just jump in with that one. Or I won't do it because I don't know um, how to do it. So, you know, how do you pick the right coach? Check their vibe out. See if you see if you match their values. I think values is really important. And that isn't the coaches who say, I have got, uh, like, I've got integrity. Of course you're going to say you've got integrity. No one's going to say, like, I'm a liar. I'm a liar and a thief and very dishonest. Yeah. No one's going to say that. So go with, like, their fear. Like, what do they talk about? What's important to them? What do their relationships seem like with other people? Um, And do you feel like you're going to get on and trust them? Trust is so important because you're going to be sharing things, like, with with people that are really personal so you want to be able to trust them you want to have that two-way trust and then I would say it is depending on what you're looking for look at a combination of qualifications and experience so if you're looking for a business coach you probably are looking for a business mentor and potentially coach as well so look at that look at what they've done and if that's relevant to what you want to do if you're looking for someone to work on your mindset ask them about their training like you know if they're if you're looking for someone who's got social media what have what have they done so you're starting to build up like i i put experience and qualifications together because i think it depends on what you're looking for you might have someone with both you might have someone who's really exceptional in one and that fits for where you are and then look at results not their results and it's so funny though because i definitely have fallen into this and i oh my gosh i was i was like trolled on linkedin and I, I even got into, I actually did post some screenshots shots of my bank statements. And my, my my clients jumped on it in my group. I'm like, Ruth, you, you do not need to do this. This is not you. And I was like, you're completely right. It was a complete reaction. And I was like, I don't want to post my bank statements. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just not me. And that's no. not because I'm honest. It's because it's not me. It's just, yeah. I, I don't think it's, it doesn't fit with my values. And you're so right. Just because you kick ass and you've made a shit ton of money doesn't mean that you, I mean, your clients. Yeah, I've made loads of money telling other people how to make money. Yeah. Like, yeah. it just feels a little bit like that. But actually, it's your clients. Like, what results do they get? And also, I'd want to know, do people retain clients? Now, you wouldn't expect any coaches retain like 100% of clients. But I would say like, and actually, this is a little bit of a caveat. 
you may find that a coach that you really like, there may be one or two people who don't like them. If it's a minority, like 5%, 10% of people don't like them, who've worked with them, like that's kind of normal. You don't and expect honest. everyone to love everyone. And actually a good coach would say to you, like when people say to me, do you guarantee results? No, I don't, because you have to do the work. And I'll be yeah. like, hundreds of percent of people I work with don't get results. Like it's very high, but it's not 100%. Some people get um, exceptional results, but some people don't. And I think over time, maybe that's like not the best personality fit and values fit, or maybe it's because there's other stuff going on for them, or maybe it's because they didn't do the work. But actually a coach who's open with you about that, who who will be there to support you and guide you, but who isn't someone who puts themselves on this pedestal that they are the be all and know all, they're much yeah. more like relatable. Like, yeah, they will they will be by your side helping support you, but they're not gonna do the work. I think the point you make about depends how much effort people put in is a really good one because you have clients and you say yeah you know I, I can show you all of this stuff but at the end of the day and I can hold you accountable and kick you up the arse and help you overcome any obstacles and all of that but at the end of the day you're the one that's going to make it a success and um, so it's it's really hard to just say oh yeah this has been successful for all these people so therefore it will be for you we launched this accelerator program and got a kind of smallish group of people in it and one of them on it has done exactly what we've said and she's made her investment back from the accelerator program within a week would we go and say that's what you can do and that's a guarantee? No, definitely not. Some people will take a lot longer. Some people might never get their investment back because they will never really put that much effort into Well, don't into. even request to join the bloody Facebook group. Never mind. Or even they oh, buy a programme and then they don't even log into the thing. And you're like, hello? No, that used to really upset me. That used to really <laughs> yeah. upset me. And I've had to do so much work. Because I'm like, I feel really disingenuous. I've taken your money and you haven't even... Yeah, I've sent you 528 messages with the Facebook group login and you still haven't joined it and you still haven't logged in. The funny thing is, Ruth, you've probably yourself bought something and they're not logged in, like at some point. Oh, and yeah, you, you in your head do not harbour this like judging thing, grudge against this person. But you're probably, you sound like how I am. Like I think, oh my God, but you've got the thing. So I actually had a conversation with a woman that bought it very, very first time. I, I went on a... Um, I went on a speaking course with her um, mm. just before me and Anita started working together. Or around the time, no, we were just launching this thing and then she, she bought it and she hasn't been through it yet. And I had a conversation with her the other day and I was like, we've run this this many times. We're on the, this time and you've not come through. She's like, yeah, I'm just dead busy. I'm, I'm definitely going to do it at some point. Before you do something like this, you think, oh yeah, it'd be ideal. People buy it, they don't do it. They're no trouble. You don't have to do the work with them. It's great. But actually when you start doing it, you're like, please, because I want to do the work with you. I want you to have the success mm, I know yeah. you can because then you can tell everyone else how great it is and more people join. So it's the opposite of what you think you want, isn't it? Although this is, this is I used to mark exam papers and used to love it. <laughs> when the student didn't write anything. You would have liked me then. I, I, I just got five pounds for free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds ideal. And you failed. Yeah. <laughs> there are uh, two questions we always ask our podcast guests. The first one is, what makes you savvy? I think the fact that I am really open to always learning new things. So I've always... I've always got my ear out for something new or doing something different. I think that makes me quite savvy. And the older I get, the more I want to learn new things. It's weird, isn't it? They do say education is wasted on the young who don't value it. Now I think, you know, my kids are complaining and I think, God, you've got the chance to, you know, have experts talk to you about stuff and teach you stuff. And that's all you've got to do, you whinging kids. 
So yeah, definitely. Um, and the second question is, can you recommend, I know you've already mentioned, what was it, who, who not how. Um, so is that your recommendation? We give it to someone who screenshots, you know, listen, review, rate, screenshot. Who not how. It really, I read it at the beginning of the year and it really helped me think that actually we, we changed quite a lot of things in our business. <laughs> and interestingly, it also helped me in lockdown because when we were having like, I was like, who not how? Okay, let's get our let's get our food delivered. Who not how? Like, yeah, you know, let's like, what can we do to make our life easier? And the interesting thing is, he didn't even write the book. He got somebody <laughs> told somebody else's ideas and they wrote the book. I'm like, love that. Um, that is genius. Yeah, that's my ambition to outsource as much as I can in my life, you know, business and personal, until I'm just like swanning around, having a lovely life. That's a dream, isn't it? <laughs> any day now. How can our listeners find out more about you if they wish to do so? I am the only Ruth Kudzi, it seems, on the internet. That's yes. K-U-D-Z-I. So you can, I'm um, Ruth Kudzi on Instagram, Ruth Kudzi on LinkedIn, Ruth Kudzi on Facebook, and I've got a Facebook group called The Coaching Community. So any of those places, my website is Ruth Kudzi, and that leads to my coach training website. Too. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review, and subscribe. Fantastic. So that was the lovely Ruth Kudzi. You can find her anywhere on any of the platforms because it's just so, the name is so different. You just don't hear the name Ruth Kudzi around anywhere. So of course, though, like we said, with a K, K K-U-D-Z-I, and you can find her. So some real golden nuggets in there of um, ways to think about your business and making sure your if your business, you set it up, make sure you um, prioritize yourself and that you're paying yourself in it and that you're not the last one to, to be looked after within your business. So as usual, rate, review, subscribe, screenshot the episode, share it on your social media, tag either of us in, Anagiri or Anita Baldwin, or the Get Savvy Club into it on Instagram, Facebook, um linkedin where wherever you are in your socials and you could be in with a chance of winning this week's book see you all soon take care bye. bye that was marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club if you enjoyed it join our facebook group just search get savvy club